All right. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. My name is Matt Hines. Very excited to have you here today joining us. If you are watching live on LinkedIn or Facebook or YouTube, thank you very much for joining us today in the middle of your work day. If you're checking this out on demand, thanks for very much for doing so. If you're on LinkedIn, thanks for watching. If you're listening to the podcast, uh, thanks so much for uh, joining us. This is episode something right around 300 or so. And if you like what you see here, uh, you can check out past episodes either on LinkedIn or uh, all of our past episodes very back to the very beginning up on Sales Pipeline Radio. Dot com. We're featuring some of the best and brightest minds in B2B sales and marketing, learning what they're doing, where they're pivoting, and what's coming up next. And before we get to our guest today, just want to thank uh, our sponsor, Vidyard. Uh, really excited to have Vidyard on board to sort of help support the program. Many of you probably know Vidyard already. Uh, easy to use video solution, making it simple to create videos, host them ad free, share them with others, and track performance. We use Vidyard on a regular basis. My assistant is a Vidyard addict. She stopped sending written emails. She basically just sends Vidyard's uh, videos around now, and it's really very, very effective, helps communicate complex things in an easy format. Um, so definitely encourage you to check them out. Go to vidyard.com slash pipeline, and you can get a free high conversion virtual sales playbook. So thank you to Tyler and all of our friends over at Vidyard for helping to support the show. So very excited to have with us today, the chief marketing officer of Newzella, Adriel Sanchez. Adriel, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Matt. And we're a Vidyard customer too, Unscripted, and we're very happy with them as well. Unscripted, double endorsement. Um, thank you for that. Now we love we love the team. And it, it's fun. It's fun. I mean, it's it's different for us to have sponsors. It's sort of this weird, like you know, you start a podcast, you start speaking into a microphone, and all of a sudden you sort of have people that want to be part of that. But like you know, we're pretty picky about who we want to associate with our brand. And good company, good company, good product and people doing it the right way as well. So uh, that wasn't in the script, but I'll give another another extra endorsement there. All right, so um, lots of ground we could cover today, but I'm super interested in going on into sort of public sector sales and marketing. So before we do that, for those that don't know Newzella, if you could just do a quick overview of like what the company is and what it provides. Yeah, for sure. So um, Newzella, uh, we describe ourselves as an instructional content platform for K through 12 schools. And what that means in plain English is we basically take content from around the web and we carefully from over 180 different vetted sources, and it includes news content, but also has evergreen content like historical speeches and uh, fiction and poetry and um you know, uh, biographies and things like that. And we carefully curate it to pick the things that are most appropriate for K through 12 students. And then we basically instructionalize it for use in K through 12 classrooms. One of the things that we do, for instance, is rewrite every single piece of text at five different reading levels. Um, so that all kids in a class, for instance, who are always at different reading levels can access the same piece of content at whatever level is right for them. Um, we also surround all the content with quizzes and instructional supports and also attach it to all of the different learning standards. Um, one piece of knowledge that you may not know if you're not in K through 12, I didn't know, um, but there are over 130,000 individual learning standards in the United States alone. If you take the number of excuse me, states, and then you take the number of subjects and the number of grades. It's a massive amount of standards that teachers are expected to teach. So what we do is reverse engineer all of this authentic content against those standards. So it makes it really easy for the teachers to find the content that can help them teach whatever they're trying to teach that day. 
Yeah, it's it's incredible. I mean, the, the the work that our that the teachers do, whether you're private school, public school, I mean, they're they're superheroes. My wife is an elementary school teacher. She's a reading specialist, and just within reading. The, the 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 standards and the different theories and the different approaches and in some cases you're bringing all of those in depending on the nature of the kid you're working with and the strategy that's going to help them it's incredibly complex um to sort of work through that so thank you for that explanation so I mean, if you're i, I want to get into sort of what you've done in new zella but i mean let's talk about public versus private sector marketing and sort of go to market in general. I mean, you've worked in a lot of different industries. You were at SAP, you were at Commvault. You've been at, um, it looks like New Zealand for yeah, almost three years now. Um, how big of a shift was it to go from commercial to public sector? What were some of the biggest pivots you saw and differences in your go to market strategy? I mean, I was, um, it's remarkable how much of it applies and mm -hmm. is preferable. Um, so all of the things about, you know, putting buyer needs first and really understanding the personas that you're marketing to and making sure that you are starting with um, value and benefit oriented messaging and all of the tactics um, that have been used in the public sector, a lot of them transfer over. I think there's a couple of things that surprised me about specifically K through 12 marketing. The first thing is that the United States is not one market. Um, I learned very, very quickly that selling in Texas is very different from selling in Florida, from selling in California, from selling in New York. So you have a bunch of mini markets going on in the United States. That's, that's one thing. So sub-vertical segmentation is very, very important. Um, another thing that I learned is that uh, it's really hard to find buyers for K through 12 out there in the market. Uh, it's, you have this kind of, what's interesting is that uh, every teacher and every school and district administrator in the country, it's all public information that mm -hmm. you can buy all of this information from someone. Um, but when you're looking at technologies like account-based marketing technologies and intent data provider, it gets, it's, it becomes very, very difficult for those kinds of companies to find K through 12 district and school buyers. They have a little bit of on um, the higher ed side, but it's been very, very hard for me to use those tactics to try to find people out there on the web. So you've got to kind of build your own kind of like ways to gather signals. And so that, that to me is, and we continue to figure out like LinkedIn's been working pretty well for us. Um, but that's relatively new. They started to beef up their capabilities there. And then the last thing is, um, you know, and this is just something that I, I didn't have to deal with as much in the private sector, but buying cycles are mm -hmm. really compact. Mm -hmm. So every school district in the country is buying in Q2 and Q3, right? So you have like, that's 80% of your business. So if you miss that window, you're not going to make it up in Q4 and Q1 um, because the budgets are spent. Right. Um, so it makes you be really, really thoughtful about timing your activities uh, throughout the course of the year. Talking today on Sales Pipeline Radio with Adriel Sanchez. He's the Chief Marketing Officer at Newzella and just talking about some of the differences and quite frankly, similarities uh, of selling you know, commercial versus into the private sector. I mean, you mentioned you know, K through 12 being very different than other public sector, right? I mean, I've seen, you know, we've got clients that sell, selling into, you know, state and local. Got, I mean, if you're selling into federal, I mean, it, we're not talking month and quarter sales cycles. We're talking Olympics. Like, ah, oh, maybe I'll close that by Tokyo. I don't know. But, uh, you know, I think, so talk a little bit about those differences that, that are different when you're selling into K through 12 versus other parts of government sales. Yeah, I think one of the things that is uh, kind of a norm in our space uh, 
and, and, and I think you have similarities. You, you talked about similarities, like the larger school districts, if they're going to buy for a much bigger set of students, obviously those sales cycles are going to be longer. And some of the smaller school districts in the country, they're going to be very quick. Um, but I think um, what 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 is commonplace and you've got to work into your marketing and, and go to market approach is pilots. So it's very, very uncommon for a school district, for example, to just buy a product and then just roll it out to teachers, especially in any meaningful scale. They will typically buy a product. They will basically give it to a small portion of teachers for three to six months, and mm-hmm. then they will decide whether they want to roll it out to the rest of the organization. So during that period, it becomes very, very important uh, to keep a focused effort on making sure that the champions in your organ, making sure that the teachers are using the, make sure they're getting value, making sure your champions are still your champions, so that when that decision comes to roll it out, that you're front and center and 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 you get the green light. You know, one of the things that I thought was similar with you know with K through twelve, you know, we've we had a well, I can't really name, I can't name the company we work with. It's a large software company in Redmond. Can't really talk about who they are, um, but you know, selling software and devices into school districts. And when we were thinking about sort of buying committee, you know, there in thinking about influencers in that, you know, there were curriculum technologists, you know, that sit at the district level. It was interesting to me, like some some school districts that make technology decisions at the district versus the school level. That was fascinating. But then also to think about, you know, influencers within the, the the lunchroom, right? Like teachers that just happen to be tech savvy that had influence over people with purchase authority that might not be as tech savvy, but then also parents and PTA and like a parent on the PTA who is tech savvy, who can help influence that. So, I mean, just like in a commercial endeavor, you've got the decision maker, but then you've got all these other people that play different roles. Have you seen that kind of com- complex matrix in your sales and marketing process as well? Yeah, for sure. And universally, when you ask district leaders, where do they go to for advice when they're thinking about considering a purchase, right? The very first thing they do is they ask other other district leaders in their specific district. The next place they go is the district next door. And what's interesting about our industry is that our customers are not competitors, right? Like you're not selling to oil and gas where, you know, like you have two competing companies that don't really want to share information. District leaders are very, very open and schools and teachers are very, very open to share information with one another because they want to see everybody succeed, right? Uh, so um, they look to neighboring districts. And then the, the, the third place they go is they look to teachers. And teachers are an interesting influencer group because uh, it is very rare for a district buyer to make a decision without teacher buy-in because the difference between buying a soft, you know, software for teachers to use and buying Salesforce for your sales and marketing teams to use is that you can tell your sales and marketing teams to use something. You can't really t- force teachers to use something. If, they're, if they don't want to use it and they don't see value in it, they're not going to use it. Right. And uh, so you've got to win the hearts and minds. So you've got to have them on your side, not just in the purchase process, but also to make sure that you've got ongoing adoption and you keep those renewal rates up. Well, you could buy something, but if your users don't use it, it's not going to be very sticky and it's probably not going to get renewed. And, you know, we've seen you got to really be careful about those levels of influence, even in the commercial space. We've seen that in financial services and real estate and franchise where sometimes the, you know, the the umbrella organization only has influence and can suggest. Right. And those, you know, franchisees do or don't do it. 
But even if they buy it, if people don't want to use it, there's not an ROI case there. So, yeah, it's, it's just in, those similarities, I think, are there. We've got just a few more minutes here with our guest, Adriel Sanchez, the CMO at Newzella. And, Adrian, you joined Newzella in February 2019, which means you got about a year of normal marketing um, <laughs> before COVID hit. And, you know, schools were highly impacted. I mean, my kids are on day two of going back to school and it's been a year and a half and it's still weird. You know, there's still mass and distancing and everything. So um, talk about the first year and then talk, if you wouldn't mind, just uh, what were some of the key things you had to pivot towards into your second and third year? Yeah, that's uh, and, and the first year was not smooth sailing either. Like I came in and there wasn't, there hadn't been a chief market. I was the first chief marketing officer there had been a head of marketing. Yeah. Um, but really the idea was to really scale up the organization. So even in that first year, we implemented the company's first paywall. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we created a new corporate story. So there was a lot of work that had done. And in fact, at the tail end of that first year, we had decided to re-architect our product portfolio. We had one product and then we decided to split it up into four products just to handle more specific use cases. We launched that product portfolio in January of 2020 after working for on it for about six months. Mm -hmm. And six weeks later, you know, the world got turned upside down. So we actually, um, we wound up giving away all of the new products we had just worked on for free mm -hmm. to, the, mm -hmm. to the entire, you know, anybody who wanted it, right? Um, until the end of the 2019-2020 school year. Um, and then we had to quickly transition into sales. So we actually managed through that effectively. We convinced a lot of districts and schools and teachers of the value of the product and they wanted to keep it. Mm -hmm. heading into the school year that we're in now and we're continuing to see that momentum through here but i can tell you that uh, i mean you're absolutely right like the k through 12 i mean education in general including higher ed you would say healthcare. like there's a you know the airlines there's a number of in i mean every industry was really impacted mm -hmm. by by the pandemic um but this one i, I feel in I, as unbiased as i can say it like there's real students being impacted and there's real teachers being impacted and that tugs on a very special place in your heart yeah no absolutely and i think um you know having having had three kids go through that and go from you know being in a classroom to being entirely home and even though like as mentioned my wife's a teacher it's it didn't make it any easier to sort of help our kids go through that did your did the people that you were targeting shift during the pandemic and has it sustained that way? Meaning like, you know, you're obviously have been selling into school districts into K through 12. Um, but all of a sudden the last year and a half, like parents are more actively involved in education. They're more interested in like, a, you know, Dreambox learning, you know, based out here in Seattle, you know, they started sort of giving it away and giving it to, you know, parents, even though it was built for teachers. And so all of a sudden they've got this more complex go to market strategy. Have you has, has youth thought differently about even if you're not selling, like who your audience is beyond just the schools? Yeah, I think that's a really good point. So. Two things I would say is one thing that I've learned is when, you know, you have different buying committees in, inside of school districts, especially the larger ones. They have one group of people who buy, you know, social studies instructional materials and another group of people who consider science instructional and other ones for English and language arts. When something like the pandemic happens, those walls kind of come down and there's a national conversation that takes over. Um, and really the national conversation was around distance learning and around how to get, get kids laptops. And like, it's like the hierarchy of needs gets completely reshuffled. Mm -hmm. So you need to be able to quickly pivot your messaging to meet that moment. 
And that's something that I think we did very effectively. Um, so I think that's one learning, right? And now we're slowly returning back to more normal buying committees and more normal kind of like, you know, that, 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 that more like targeting by role within an organization. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing I learned to your point about parents is that um, a lot of kids went home and were learning from home. And, and, and what happens, you had a lot of parents looking over their shoulders, right? And they're, and, and they're watching what their kids are, are, are learning on. And mm-hmm. some of them are really excited about it. Some of them are disappointed about it. Some of them want to, you know, like there was just a lot more exposure to, for instance, in our business, the materials that kids were using. Yeah. Um, so a lot of more feedback from the parents coming into school districts. And you've got to manage through that. We don't have any... We don't sell directly to parents. We don't even sell directly to teachers. We only sell to school principals and district leaders. Um, We haven't changed that go-to-market motion, but we are certainly more cognizant about the broader community of stakeholders that district leaders are trying to manage. Well, we are out of time uh, for today, but want to thank our guest, Adriel Sanchez, CMO at Newzello. Thanks for taking the time today. Super interesting. I mean, I think, you know, every, every company is different. Every industry is different, but understanding the nuances of, you know, what makes your, your, your um, industry unique, but also what best practices and foundations you can bring from just good sales and marketing. Obviously super interesting. So thank you so much for being here. Appreciate it, Matt. Thanks so much. Thanks everyone for watching. Uh, appreciate you all being here, listening on watching live or on demand. Again, if you like this episode, if you know someone selling into K through 12, want to share some of these insights with them. Uh, you can get this on demand. As soon as we click stop here on LinkedIn, we'll also have this in a couple of days up in the feed on salespipelineradio.com. Uh, until then, thanks so much for joining. My name is Matt and we'll see you next week on sales pipeline radio.